I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 143. I get calls all the time from churches that are like, hey, so-and-so acted inappropriately. What do we do? And, uh, you know, first thing I tell them is, well, you should have called me six months ago. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team week by week, day by day, however you like. This devotional is for church tech by church tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week on the podcast, Jeremy interviews Justin Dean. Justin is an author, church communications coach, entrepreneur, and co-founder of That Church Conference, an organization focused on digital church communication. If you would like to join the conversation or ask a question, use the CMAGCast hashtag or email us directly at podcast at churchmag, and we'll share your comments on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be hearing uh, an interview that Jeremy had with Justin Dean uh, from that church conference. That church conference is a pretty cool conference because it's, you know, it's that church conference, not that other, not the other church. Did I ever tell you guys when we were, when my church my church merged with my wife's church. We had to do a new name, and my brother campaigned hard for us to be called that one church. <laughs> nice. As a joke, or was he serious? He was. Well, he was sixteen, so life's a joke. But oh, great. Um, he okay. really wanted to be called that one church. Right? Where you go? Oh, we go to that one church. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, that's um, way better than cornerstones. Like eight cornerstones in the. Um, in the county, so like going, where do you where do you go? Where do you, where do you go to church? Right? Oh, that one church on whatever street, you know. That, like it would have been perfect because that's what you actually do. You actually say yeah, that. Yeah. So your church, your 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 county or your area or whatever has eight corners. I'm guessing, and there's at least one in the town next next over. And you know, we cornerstone's not really a unique name. So anyway, that one church. <laughs> that could that could be that might make an interesting. Like s- subtitle kind of thing, Cornerstone Church, Cornerstone, that one church. Um, Jeremy, that church conference. Um, tell us a little bit that about that about Justin Dean, all that fancy stuff. Since uh, you pulled off the interview, yeah. So he's full into the conference and as well as doing a lot of um, entrepreneurial stuff. But he has a background in social media with in church communications in general. Um, because he was the communications director for Mars Hill whenever it was happening. And also for this conversation, he was also the one directing it whenever everything kind of collapsed. And so we talk about crisis planning because he might know a thing or two about that. If you guys don't know the background in Mars Hill, because I don't think we necessarily get into the details of it. Um, Mars Hill had that infamous Implosion, I guess is the best word for it, where Mars Hill decided we are going to go from one big, humongous uh, church network and instead go ahead and break into individual churches. And the Mars Hill brand is no more, which, interestingly enough, 
um, if you go online, you can still look at all the Mars Hill contents, but things have been starting to slowly be retracted in that process, which um, Mars Hill is known for so much online content that the fact that it's disappearing is a tragedy. But there's scandal and all that stuff that happened in the Mars Hill of what's happening and everything was kind of secret. And there's a ton of church gossip online, as we love to do. Right, right. And so he, he was he was behind um, having to deal with that, that management. And I think, you know, no matter you know, how big your church is being able, understanding that and knowing that is, is huge. I mean, even, even you feel in your small town there working with Seastone, you've, you've had your, your moments of, of social media madness with your, your free 4th of July, uh, stuff even. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, it was insane. And we, I was not prepared, had no idea what to say when things broke bad and things broke bad. And, like you know, for I wrote a post about it. You can find it on the site. But there's a short synopsis. We had a serious weather issue. We had a, we had to people you know either didn't come or left early, and we had a decision to make. And the storm is cleared. We've been cleared by the fire by the fire department. Do we go ahead and just shoot a, shoot the fireworks and blow up the sky for raining us, or do we try and schedule a rain date with our volunteers on a work day? And we knew a rain date would just probably not be feasible this year. The ground was just too wet. And it was going to keep raining. So we just shot him off. And you would not believe the tidal wave of negativity that came our way because we didn't, we didn't wait for everyone to come back out to the grounds or we didn't, we didn't let folks know or we, whatever. Dare we say, so dare we say social media fireworks? Yeah. Yeah. And then, then that one ubiquitous guy who said, well, why couldn't this money have been saved just given to the poor? <laughs> it's like, Hey, right. Hey, Judas Iscariot. Um, Real quick, it's a call a contract. <laughs> the money's gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. So I mean, in in the thing about you know social media crisis or communication during a crisis situation, it's not one of those things where you can think, okay, when it happens, I'll get his book and read it. Because if it's happening, there's no time. There's no time to 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 yeah. learn. We talk about that in the sense of crisis happens at a variety of capacities, and there's no way you can have an infinite um, protection plan. But there are some crises, which I get into in the podcast interview, where I was on staff as the national social media person whenever um, someone decided to do inappropriate things with a child, with a teenager. Um and we had to manage that process. We had systems in place. Um, and then there's the um, whole issue with resurgence and everything that went on with the pastor. And then there's stuff as well with Phil and, and how that looks, that process. And each one's going to be different, handled differently. And you can't anticipate all of them, but you need to have some kind of a at least initial strategy in that process. And that's what we have a conversation about. Awesome. Well, this should be a good interview, a good conversation. And, uh, a good ebook for people to get their hands on. All right, guys. So we are here with Justin Dean. Justin, how are you doing, man? 
Good, Jeremy. How you doing? I'm good. So, uh, I figured we'd talk about the big thing in the room, the thing that you had just recently gotten done with, I'm sure, already starting for next year. Um, you are the founder, co-founder of that church conference. Tell people a little bit about what's that about. What is it? Yeah, that's right, man. It definitely keeps me uh, busy year-round now because we do workshops uh, every quarter in addition to the big conference here in Atlanta. So, we are... In full swing, but uh, yeah, me and uh, my co-founder Van Baird run that church conference. It's basically, for those who don't know, it's a digital communications conference for churches. There's really nothing out there uh, quite like this. We're really the only conference that focuses on digital communications exclusively, social media, you know, website design, email marketing, everything uh, that you can do digitally to spread the gospel and grow your church. We teach churches. Uh, equip them with the tools to do that well and uh it's it's growing doing doing pretty well or are you ever going to come out to one you always have uh (laughs) conflicts man yeah i know um this so it's next fall right is the big one yeah the next the next big one in atlanta we do the big two day in atlanta every year is uh september 26th and 27th so i'm not going to make any official promises but eric (laughs) die is back in the states phil is in illinois I'm going to hopefully have moved back to my hometown by then. Where's in, that? In Ohio. Okay. Um, so we are looking to have our official meetup as well. And I know we've been throwing around the idea of why not just barge into that church conference and just make that totally. Hard. Just let's just tack on another day and do a meetup that way, man. I'm, I'm all for that. And I mean, it'll be great that church conference, but then I'll get to see Eric die as well. And so that'd be super cool too. So yeah, n- nothing official yet, but we, I mean, that's what we're maybe pushing so for. Cool. So we'll see. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let us know how we can help. We definitely love you guys. Love church mag and want to be a part of whatever you guys do. Absolutely, man. And, and I know that we had Megan Howard on yeah. several episodes ago and she was talking about how just having that acquaintance where you go from online to in person right. at, the, at that church conference and just to be able to um, kind of experience that it's one thing to experience that with just people you meet on the internet but eric phil and i have gone more than just meet on the relationship you and on the internet you and me have met on the internet and i feel like we have a good conversation yeah. but me eric and phil have taken this to an awkwardly next level to the point that when we do the podcast it's like i guess we could record this episode or we could just talk if you want to just talk and so it's really fun just to have that kind of acquaintance and then to finally be able to do the meet up in person we'll see how that goes we're really looking forward well, to it. Definitely. we might not wait and we might just meet up way before that we're not sure that's awesome yeah, yeah it's definitely uh makes a big difference being able to meet up in person i mean even when we were uh, planning out the first conference, um, a lot of people told us like, well, if you're a digital communications conference, why not just do an <laughs> online conference? And, you know, there's a ton of them that pop up left and right and some pretty good content coming out of those. But we really just wanted to focus on the practical hands-on teaching. I think that's what really differentiates us. And you just can't do that online. You, you There's no way to go past the, theory and uh you know high level stuff so we we really get into it in our conferences and um not only that just the the networking i mean everyone feels like family like everyone knows each other in the room because they've followed each other online forever and it's just really neat to to see people in person and 
uh, actually build real relationships with them that are extending off of our online relationships. Absolutely. So that kind of leads me to my conversation, something that you have a little bit of experience with about talking about crisis planning and for churches and ministries in general, but kind of taking this mentality of stuff happens online. And I think that there's this impersonal um, ambiguity prospect of things, but then there's real life and it's almost like there's two lives being lived, which has led to a lot of problems for people in general. We're not even just making this a spiritual problem. Um, People are getting into trouble online and so it can be a very dangerous place. But then at the same time, um, recognizing for churches that this is absolutely an issue, something that they need to be aware of. Um, And you were at Mars Hill whenever things kind of mm-hmm. how would imploded. you say decay decayed imploded decayed imploded yeah. yeah i mean all the all those things <laughs> so so you were there when when everything was happening what was first of all what was the experience like not necessarily that you need to go into details but what was that experience like from your vantage point and what you were experiencing com- with communications with the church yeah totally i mean it, it was it was definitely tough. I mean, for, for background of anyone who doesn't know, when I was the communications director there for, for five years, all the way up until uh, the very end when the church uh, closed, you know, we have 15 campuses and basically those all went autonomous on their own and, and uh, split up from Mars Hill and Mars Hill is now gone. So um, during that was just a huge PR media crisis uh, left and right, a dozen different individual issues, but, um, you know, blogs and newspapers all over the world were writing about us. We were on the front page of New York times, Seattle times, and, uh, every other times out there. So it was, uh, definitely, you know, a huge media storm that was difficult to, to navigate at the time. And, um, it really put us in a position where as a church, you know, we, we want to be known for loving people well and engaging people well. And that's, kind of my philosophy with PR is, is really to, to focus on the relationship building uh, part of it. And we just near the end there, there was really uh, no other position we could be in other than defensive and mm. uh, just trying to clarify what we, what we can um, while navigating lawsuits left and right and accusations left and right and things like that. And trying to just, just close it down and, and end well, um, so it was tough, you know, it was, it was tough emotionally and spiritually and physically on, on, uh, my family and, and everyone else. And there were definitely tons of people affected by it, uh, all over the world that some are still hurting and confused by it and don't, uh, don't even know the full story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to share as much of it as I can every, every time I get, because, uh, you know, it's, it's been hard to tell that story over the last few years just because of those pending lawsuits. And, and really, the, the corporation part of Mars Hill was uh, still active. It may even still be. I don't even know. But, um, you know, it took them a while to sell off all the assets and things like that. And so uh, we've we've all been barred from saying a lot of things. Um, and I think that that's kind of coming to an end here. So I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, man, if it's helpful for people, um, you know, I, I'm in – I'm not gossipy or, uh, anything like that. I just, I just want people to learn from it because churches are not prepared for anything like what we went through. Um, I've yet to find one that even big churches that are, that are prepared or, you know, have written policies or anything like that. And so, uh, I definitely 
try to focus on that and help churches as much as I can. And I think that's huge. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. Um, I think that happened after, I can't remember the timeline, but I think that happened after we, I was a social media manager for Youth for Christ um, over the national departments. Mm-hmm. We were actually in the process of creating a crisis plan because of a couple other things that had happened at some other churches. Um, and because it's a very loose network where it's kind of like a top up or bottom up organization, we kind of have to be very insistent, but there's not much that we can do, unlike maybe with your church and trying to have a top-down approach. So we were trying to create this crisis plan of what would happen, and in the midst of that, um, one of the youth directors at a local ministry site actually was very inappropriate with a couple of children, instantly lost his position. Ah, And it's one of those things from doing the national stuff of making sure that I I had to report anything I immediately saw because I had all the Google alerts. I had all the social mm-hmm. media stuff where I was scanning everything all the time. Um, I put their specific accounts on lock and made sure that I was always following. I immediately got a notification from Facebook and other places whenever they posted anything. Um, yeah. Not that I thought that they were going to do anything, but um, we were in this midst of creating this plan and making sure that we knew exactly what was going to happen. I think that there's a variety of different high profile like yours. Um, thankfully, this was just a situation where he admitted what he did was wrong. He went to jail because of it. Um, thankfully, the the parents, it wasn't something that was just like out of control, but it was absolutely inappropriate. And then yeah. there's the little things of um, someone says something about the election. And so someone goes to your Facebook account and leaves a one star review. Right. And right. I think that crisis can look different in each of those situations. Oh, totally. And so I guess for me, um, if I were in that position again, what would I need to do? In preparation, because reacting to a crisis is just kind of gut reaction. But what would be some good things to set yourself up for success in that process? Yeah, no, I mean that's that's definitely. I love the way you phrase that because I I get calls all the time from churches that are like, hey, you know, so and so acted inappropriately. What do we do? And uh, you know, first thing I tell them is, well, you should have called me six months ago. Like if you if you don't know what to do, like it's, it's too late. Like you, you need to put out a statement today. You need to put out, you need to react to this today and you're not planned and prepared for it. Like we, all we can do is kind of help minimize the the damage. And so, you know, it, it really needs to start now while things are, are calm and there isn't a crisis. And my, my whole philosophy is really to continually uh, engage and just love on people and have that kind of, um, just mantra on everything you do, your social media, you know, for example, shouldn't just be all promotion and look at us and come to church. It should be actually engaging and building relationships with people um, and building that trust wherever you can. So that, yeah, when someone leaves a one-star review, it doesn't matter because you've already got 55 star reviews and that one's not going to stand out. It's going to look as, you know, lone wolf, some guy who held held a grudge Um, and you'll be able to reply to that. And, and show that you actually care to, to make it right. If it's a legitimate concern. Um, some, so many churches are just like, Oh, one star review, or let's try to hide it. Let's try to add others. That, like do not reply to it. It's like, man, that's really where you actually do need to engage. And so, um, you know, that's one thing we, we didn't have a lot of leeway with at, at Mars Hill was, um, being able to really build those relationships. It was kind of too little too late when we started that. And so you really need to start that early on. I mean, not on social media, like in the community, you know, you should, you should know your media contacts before they're contacting you wanting a, a quote about something bad that happened. Like you should already have those relationships built up. 
Um, there's tons of practical ways that you could start doing that. Um, but that's, that's really the key is to lay all that groundwork out now. And that's why it's crucial to have a communications person on staff or at least somebody who's committed to it full time in some way. Cause it's, it's a lot more than just scheduling out events on Facebook. It's, it's really an opportunity to engage with people. Uh, and that's what your church should be all, all about anyway. I think I, I want to here in just a second, throw out some cases for you and just maybe your initial reaction of how should someone react until cool. they get all that in place. Um, but I do want to let people know that you've actually already written about all of this. It's not like it's just something that you experienced and now you're kind of speaking from that experience. You sat down and you, you went over some of this com- information. Where can they go to get some of what you're talking about right now? Yeah, I do have uh, a book on, on all this coming out called PR Matters, and uh, you can get more info on that and pre-order it at uh, churchprbook.com. Uh, you can get all the info on there. Hopefully, if everything goes well, we'll release in uh, January, and uh, you can get a you know digital copy or a physical copy of that uh, in just a couple months. So um, definitely, you know, it's, it's not uh, – the book's not like the Mars Hill story, although I use a lot of examples from Mars Hill. Um, but it really, it's, it's a practical guide of how to build a communications plan, how to prepare for this stuff, how to, um, you know, engage and, and grow your audience and build that, uh, trust day to day. Uh, and then, you know, if something does happen or when something does happen, uh, how to react to that as well. Um, and, uh, and navigate through that crisis. So I think the final question, and I want to do those scenarios, is um, how do you approach your pastor about something like this? Because I think this can be a touchy subject. Um, yeah. and if you're more than just one pastor at the church, then it's a whole lot of different people's hands in the pot of being able to intentionally, gracefully, but pretty firmly have to have this conversation because we're not saying they're bad people, but could happen and knowing how to approach that what what would that look like at least in your situation yeah i mean it's difficult sometimes it's it's not um a subject that's easy to bring up it's something that's easy to push aside and say well that's not high priority right now like we don't need to hire someone we don't need to put together a crisis plan like that's just we're on the up and up everything's great like that's a low priority cool it'd be cool to have but you know we got three people on staff like forget about it. And I, I get that. I hear that conversation a lot and obviously totally disagree with it. I think this is one of the most important things that you can plan for. And it, it doesn't take uh, a whole lot. You know, it, it takes a lot less than what people think. Um, and you can outsource a lot of this as, as well. If, if need, you know, if need be, if budget doesn't allow uh, for someone on staff or uh, the time to put all this together on the front end, but it's super important. I, I think, you know, when talking with your senior leaders about it, um, you really need to tie it into the mission of the vision, mission and vision of the church. Um, you know, hopefully that's a, about people, uh, loving on people, loving people in the community, engaging in the community. Hopefully it's not all about you and, uh, the preacher and things like that. If that's the case, then, you know, that's a PR problem right there. <laughs> it should be a big red flag anyway. So being able to tie this in and say, Hey, like, what what happens when someone leaves a negative comment on one of our posts? Like, what is our plan uh, for that? 
And where is that written down? Can I, can I work to write that down? So we're all on the same page. And so our volunteers know what to do. Um, and you know, maybe that plan is delete it, but at least, at least there's a plan. Like you need to have that written down and, and know why and like, okay, why is that our policy? How does that align with our mission and vision and being able to have that conversation and point it back to your pastor and say, Hey, if we really are about loving on people and engaging in the community, then, you know, this definitely aligns with that and should be a high priority. Um, I think that's where the, the conversation should start. And, the, you know, I, I give away a, a crisis plan, uh, you know, pretty uh, generic template that you can take and edit. Um, you know, there's, um, there's tools out there to get you started as well. It, it doesn't have to be, uh, a huge, big production, uh, to start this stuff. Um, most of it's just engaging with people on social media. I mean, that's where you start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So here's a couple of situations I'm kind of thinking of that may happen for someone. And this is specifically the digital. Cause obviously there's news cameras and people showing up at your church at all on hours and whatever could, else could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least this one, you have some control a little bit more than other places. So with this, uh, let's talk about someone that does leave that one-star review that you do possibly have control over. Do you respond to them? Do you delete it? What would you do in that situation if someone was kind of mean, not grotesque, not verbally abusive, but sure. you didn't, you don't like that one. You don't like the response they got. Yeah, I think you know. I think in general, whether it's a common review or anything, I don't think any church should have a policy of deleting anything. Okay. Like. Um, I think there's definitely exceptions. So if someone's just totally cussing you out or posting a nasty picture or something like that, obviously that's just, okay, they're vulgar, they're dumb. You're never going to be able to engage with that person in a healthy way. So delete it, block them, do what you need to do. Um, I think even in that case, it, it deserves a private message to them and say, Hey, you violated our, our policies, which are stated here or, or just clearly this is you know not appropriate. So we, we deleted you and blocked you. I think people deserve that uh, connection either way. Sure. Um, but aside from that, aside from the obvious of like, hey, this is bad, I think a church uh, should definitely engage with anything like that. I think that is a actual real opportunity uh, to show someone Christ's love through that, to show them what your church is really about. Mm. Um, you know, take it, take that digital example offline. If someone walked into your church on a Sunday and said something bad or, you know, was obviously hurting and coming from a a dark place with something, you want to just kick them out and block them and file a restraining order. Like you would, you would try to uh, engage with them on some level and um, show them Christ's love so that they can, you know, God can change their hearts just like he has changed everyone else's hearts in the, in the church. And I think you, you've got to apply that online as well. Um, You don't want to get back and forth and debate with people, Mm -hmm. but it's a really, it's a real great opportunity to show, Hey, the church does care about this person. You know, if there's a legitimate concern or a question, let's answer that. Let's, let's get them what they need. Um, If they just simply wanted to say, Hey, you guys suck. It's like, okay, well, you know, we're sorry you feel that way we would love to have a conversation with you about this. If there's anything we can do to, to make it right, let us know. You can contact us here or you can message us here, or we'd love to meet you for coffee. Like you can definitely just wrap up the conversation like that and try to take it offline, but to not reply just shows you don't care. Um, and it is just, I don't think that that's helpful at all. 
whereas replying gives you an actual opportunity to um, to show that you know there is some compassion there, and others will see that they'll say, okay, well at least the church tried there. Like you know, obviously they're not as bad as that person said. If if their reply is, hey, let's let's try to make this right, um, and if that's all it is so that other people see that. And I think that's great. I've seen you feed the trolls at least once. So we'll, we'll just move on from that, but it's true. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> tempting to get yeah. back and forth in that, in that kind of uh, debate and prove you're right. And there's been plenty of times where I've done that. And then sure. I finally go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not even taking my own advice here. Uh, and you know, then, then there's an opportunity to uh, apologize and, and show that, Hey, we're not all saints. Like we can, um, you know, we could definitely not, uh, do everything right, but at least you are showing that you're candid and open and honest. Especially um, when people insult tacos. Hey, that's just not going to happen on <laughs> on my channel. So I got two more. First, next one. Someone is email conversations between pastors, and they somehow accidentally include deacons and other people, and it's been this kind of backroom chatter where um, they're not being. 100% professional and oh, so now yeah. either personal information gets revealed or the those conversations where they're not necessarily being the most polite and and other people see it how do you react yeah. to that situation yeah um you apologize to that same audience um you know so so in your example deacons or you know maybe the membership gets you know, included on that. I think you reply back to that and you own up to what you did wrong and uh, you go from there. I mean, you know, it depends on uh, what church you're at and what was said and what was done that, that may require, you know, disciplinary action um, either on a spiritual level or an employee type level. Um, but certainly like if, if pastors are talking amongst each other on email inappropriately or uh, about someone inappropriately by any means, if there's something to apologize for, apologize for it um, and, and try to make it right. And then obviously don't do that again and be cautious about your communications. I, I think, you know, email, you never know who's BCC'd or uh, who is forwarding what on or who's taking a screenshot. I mean, I, you know, I've got Evernote files full of, uh, emails for, for years. It's just stuff that I can go back on and search on. And, um, you know, you never know who's saving stuff. Um, so I think, you know, a act appropriately and written communications that can last forever. And two, just, if, if you make a mistake, like own up to it, especially as a pastor, man, that's just, you know, there's no reason to not do anything else. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Final one. Um, and this has happened with many different corporations during big events. And then also I've seen churches do this. So let's say that your um, person that's running social media has their accounts and then they also have their personal stuff and they, they're on vacation and they accidentally post to your church's social media, Facebook account, a picture mm -hmm. of either if they're at the beach, just kind of hanging out or their girlfriend or boyfriends at the beach. And so you just take a picture of them hanging out at the beach Obviously, someone in a bikini, probably not appropriate for an accidental profile picture or something else like that. How do you handle sure. that kind of a crisis? You know, um, I, I think it depends on, on the level of it. So if it's like, 
you know, a girl in a skimpy bikini or something, um, and it goes let's out take on it your, that, Let's take it there. Nothing let's take it that far. Okay. Worse so it's or a, less. It's a picture of your skimpy girlfriend in a bikini, <laughs> yeah. and it goes out on the church channel. And it's not your grandmother in a bikini, but we won't even go no. there. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if it's if it's that far, then I would say uh, delete it. So, I mean, as, as soon as you can, as soon as you figure it out, delete it, like, cause you just don't want that to live in your feed forever. Um, because I think it, it would be inappropriate to post a picture of a girl in a bikini from a church account. I mean, for hopefully obvious reasons. Um, and then, uh, depending on how many people saw that, like if it sat there for an hour, then you, you may want to post, um, something from the church account saying, Hey, you know, I would make it kind of lighthearted and funny, maybe even call them out. Just be like, Hey, Jimbo posted a picture at the beach, uh, you know, and kind of, kind of make fun of it and uh, say, you're sorry for it. And then move on. Like, I don't, I think people make too big a deal out of these things. Like if it was a, you know, a inappropriate picture or something, then, then yeah, like full on apologize, issue a statement, fire the guy and, and, then move on. But if it's like, man, like I was just at the beach accidentally posted a picture that should have went on his personal profile. Um, like not a big deal. Mistakes happen. Let's move on. Um, but I would say even if, if no one's really seen it, it was only a couple of minutes, like big deal, delete it, move on. It happens. If anybody makes a stink about it, then you reply to them and say, Hey, like this is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're sorry if it offended you and we've taken measures to make sure it doesn't happen again. And, you know, and move on. But yeah, I mean, it happens. I like, I hate when churches freak out even over like misspellings and stuff like that. I'm like, man, if it's not like a picture of, of your junk, like, don't worry about it. Like just move on. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I've heard people say they only use their iPad for church social media or they only, um, schedule stuff out and it always gets approved before it's finalized it's stuff like that. Man. <laughs> I, I, yeah there's a lot of stuff and i feel like as long as you are not making the worst decisions in the world and, and i've seen right. i don't know if you've seen some of these but i've seen some social media managers during the super bowl that swearing up a storm on the, oh. the corporate accounts and then right. 30 minutes later they're fired after they realize what they did so well you see it a lot more on corporate bit. accounts because we don't have these moral standards right but yeah. hopefully the person who has the keys to your church's social media accounts hopefully that's a good person a wholesome person who isn't posting dumb mm-hmm. stuff on their on their personal account anyway so if if something crosses you know, over, ho- hopefully it's not going to be that bad anyway. And if it is, then you got to ask yourself, Hey, why did, why is this person in charge of our most visible communications channel? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was raised <laughs> so. in a Baptist church, so everything offends everybody. So I wish True. I could say that's everything you said is correct. But if I posted a video from one of my Minecraft things, they would be all up in arms. Yada, yada, or yada. like, you know, you and your buddies having a beer, at, you know, at, at Applebee's like, yeah, yeah that would be, inappropriate on, on most church channels. It'd be really cool on some church channels, but you know, you, you just gotta, you gotta put those boundaries in place too. Like when I was the, you know, head of social media at Mars Hill, I was very cautious to not have any pictures of me with, you know, alcohol and things like that. Not because I was a against her or that it would be against the rules or anything like that. But because it's like, man, you just, you want to be above reproach. I'm in a position that's high level and highly visible. And 
um, even now, like when we have events at our conference, like we serve beer at our little networking event. Um, but you know, I, as the leader of the conference, I, I'm not going to stand there with a beer and let people take photos. I mean, like, I don't want, yeah. I don't want someone from a church who finds that offensive to see a picture of me holding a beer and have that be the message that gets out to them. You know, I want to be sensitive to that. So that means, okay, at my own event, I don't have a beer, like mm-hmm. big deal. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. All right, man. So for people that want to connect with you online, they, for some reason have never heard of you because apparently they don't exist on the internet until now. Where can people <laughs> go to find you just to kind of see what you have to say about life? Yeah, I'm uh, Justin J Dean everywhere. You gotta, you gotta put the J in the middle. Uh, Twitter, Justin J Dean.com. Um, if, if you want to know about the conference, um, it's that CC dot com so it's that church conference um and we've you know again we've got the san diego workshop coming up in january which should be pretty awesome the workshops are like intense one day hands-on um lab style um you know kind of workshops the conference that we do once a year in atlanta is is two days more speakers and it's more your typical conference um and you can get all the info with that cc.com and actually i forgot um we we set up a discount for you guys. So if anybody uses the uh, discount code Church Mag um, Church M A G, then uh, we'll give them fifty bucks off of any event or even our monthly membership, where you can get a ton of church com resources. Um, that'll fifty bucks basically give you a month free. And you guys do live stream the main event. Do you guys does that go towards that if they wanted to do it that route too? Yeah, totally. So we, we live stream, uh, our workshops and our main event. And, um, and those are like the workshops are 99 bucks. It's 150 for the conference. So you can watch that online live and then you get access to actually replay it on demand uh, as well. So yeah, if you use church mag, uh, discount code, you can take 50 bucks off of that as well. So it's, it's pretty cheap. If you can't come in person, it's kind of a no brainer to get this content for, you know, about a hundred bucks highly recommend it for anybody i've got to see you gave me some access on the back end so i gotta see some of that stuff even though i haven't been in person yet it's absolutely worth it so you guys need to definitely check it out awesome thanks for spreading the word man yeah thanks for joining us for this podcast man appreciate it send us an email subscribe and search for previous episodes of the church mag podcast by visiting church mag you'll find the link on the main menu go to churchm.ag that's us church mag churchm.ag and while you're hanging out on church mag send us a message and subscribe to the church mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every friday oh and don't forget to look up that church conference at thatcc.com. the church mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com 